1: This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pack 12, and the best business phone service, services chosen by US News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over pac 12 country, expe- especially, especially those Utah Utes, especially the Utah Utes, stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy to use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great freaking calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12 pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12 pack to get started. Oh,
0: South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two time champs and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12 pack radio, get excited, y'all.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Twelve Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news. The home of the Bader Inc. college football statistical model, which is hot fire. Heck of a week by Bader Inc. Miles kicking it in. You can find all of that on sharpcollegefootball.com, and we are a Sharp College Football podcast. And I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Rob Bowron, who watched all of these games in the Pac-12. And uh, in another wonderful week, how are you, sir?
0: I'm great. I, uh, yeah, better, better in kind of heck of a week, uh, almost 62% against the spread Ooh. and, uh, average and ended up with a, um, a smaller, um, mean average error than, uh, against, uh, against the games in the opening line from Vegas. So I will take that.
1: Heck yeah. Anytime you can beat the Vegas numbers guys straight up, that is a heck of a trophy to take home and hot damn, the spreads where beta rank is 10 points different from Vegas are just like scorching, scorching fire right now. The model hates the following teams, Northwestern, Indiana, <laughs> uh, um, Temple, there's like in a, uh, what's the other, there's one other team, uh, Duke, those are the the four teams the model has just been picking on, um, you know, results may vary and all that stuff, uh, do your own research, but hot goodness Um Baderank has just really been
0: on. Gambling comes with risk. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, risk I've been willing to take recently. I uh, know we're so this is a Pac-12 podcast. Of course, you can find us on uh, uh, Twitter at, at Twelve Pack Radio. You can subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. I, I haven't checked in a little while, but it'd be nice to get some reviews here. And um, I think we're going to do a bowl pool, Rob. I have a little bit more capacity this year. We didn't do the Pac-12 Survivor uh, Pool because I wasn't quite certain if all the games were actually going to happen again this year. And and most of them have. Um, And if if you're kind of tuning in, right, the regular season is coming to a screeching halt. But we do have the Pac-12 Championship. We have bowl games, and uh, I, I love I love looking at Beta Rank with the bowl games, which which is not not, not gonna lie, kind of a crapshoot because some teams just decide not to show up, i.e., Florida <laughs> last year. But um, it's just a really cool way of looking at teams that um, that maybe we haven't looked at as much because we focus on the Pac-12 and just see, hey, what like where did these two teams end? You know, what were they good at, and where were they not good at, and um, and let's get them drunk and send them to the Bahamas and have them play a football game, Rob.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I will say like, so beta Rank in its design, like, and I, I, I chat with and hang out and talk with other, you know, folks that model call model college football. Um, most, a lot of modelers sort of can get by in particular during the conference season, um, with their models and they don't have to put in conference adjustments, right? I mean, like if you're familiar with S and P plots, like Bill Connolly does conference adjustments and he'll talk about them. Um, beta ranks built, to not even have to have conference adjustments. It automatically models them out as part of the output. So I do enjoy coming into bowl season because, and and even this week where there are more non-conference matchups, because there's literally nothing I have to adjust. <laughs> like, like, and I have some friends that are all of a sudden like this week, like they've been cruising along with only conference games that they have to model out. And then they're like, and they now this week comes around and they have to figure out what their conference adjustments are going to be, of course. And then bowl season.
1: It is a wild time. We will be there the entire time. And of course we have the conference championships which both teams really show up and I love those. And of course the one and Pat and we'll probably have a rematch right of Utah and and Washington State, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> right? Like yeah. the north is way up in the air. And Rob, we had it was it was a fun week capped off by just a total beatdown of Oregon um an embarrassing embarrassing showing for the Ducks and a wonderful showing for the Utes. I mean, they really came out and just took control of that game. and did not let go. Uh, but there's, there was a lot of other games. We had some beatdowns in other areas. Uh, I mean, almost across the board outside of Washington, Colorado, what stood out for you most?
0: I mean, I thought it was really, I mean, it was an interesting week. I would say really, moment, like the, in fact, let's be honest. Like the only real takeaway, maybe in a way is that like Utah waxing Oregon, right? Like, um, Stanford, like there's, unfortunately, as you look around the pac 12, you just kind of feel like you're seeing some teams that just either have kind of given up or just kind of aren't there. Um, like USC, I mean, (laughs) I mean their defense, their defense has been sneaky, horrible all year. I mean, and we're talking like in like triple digits in beta rank horrible. Um, but I mean, they, they really, really got waxed by UCLA Stanford. I'm, I'm, I was frankly amazed at where Vegas opened that Notre Dame line. Um, and then I will say like the game, that, like I will say though, and, and, and we, I shouldn't just gloss over it. It wasn't just the Utah game. Oregon state really put it together. Um, and I think that, I think the play call switch to the new play caller Bray has helped on defense. Um, they really did a good job, uh, you know, against Arizona state. Um, and, and Jaden Daniels really hurt the sun devils um, quite a bit in that game. Um, and, and Oregon state was able to do enough to really get it done. Uh, I mean, that was sort of impressive, but like the other games, like you're just kind of left with like, what do you even have in USC as as we close They have two, two fricking games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And then like Washington, like Washington dominated that game. Yeah against Colorado. I mean, really like you open up like the box score and they more than doubled Colorado's yards. Um, you know, they had, and they more than doubled the first downs <laughs> and they, just, they had four turn, four turnovers in that game. Uh, I mean, just a hideous performance from the Huskies and it really is too. I mean, and we, we talk about this for sure. Right. Is that you know, hiring, like you could totally change your program, right? Like you, you, you know, for better or worse. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I just, uh, like, I, I, I would be, I, I know I, I feel like Husky friends, some Husky fans are sort of naturally neurotic. Like I, I feel for you, this has to be like, <laughs> this is nerve wracking right
1: now. Oh, so yeah. The fact that they were able to just put up yards um, this is the one game I didn't watch. So when I took a look, well, I watched a little bit of it, but then I had to go to a birthday party and I was looking at the, the final score and I'm like, ah, yeah, that makes sense. And then I look at the box score and I'm like, what on earth <laughs> happened in this game? Because you're right. I mean, Washington was able to move the ball all day, every day. Uh, but we had, there was a scoop and score fumble. There was a pick in the end zone, uh, two more, uh, and like, it, it just, it sucks, you know, and I've, I've been there where I mean, a few years ago or la- or oh, was it last year, last year? I, you know, I stopped the last two years. I'm sorry. The last two years, I just stopped watching Arizona games. I'm like, I'm done. Like, you know, let, let's, let's put, put a better team on the field and, and I'll watch it again. And uh, fortunately Washington will have the resources to pick up a good coach. The one thing that's interesting before we get into the PAC 12 and I, I tweeted this out, Rob, what are the odds or where would you put the odds of, um, of Oregon state's head coach, Jonathan Smith being in Corvallis next year. And here's why I don't know if he's up for one of the big jobs, right? Maybe he is USC, LSU, Florida, all those, you know, the big time programs. I would argue, I I don't think, I think he's like tier three on those, but when those teams make a hire, they're going to pull somebody from another team, which is going to have to require those teams to pull a coach from another team. And, I don't know if Oregon State has the money. I'm just curious if you think that that there's a high likelihood that he's in Corvallis next year after what he's done for the Beeves.
0: No, that's that's a really good point, right? Like there are so many big jobs open, right? I mean, it does sort of depend on like who gets who gets hired for those big jobs, of course, right? Like because other like you know the names that like I mean. Somebody likely gets I mean oh my god like, can you imagine how crazy this is gonna be is like if Luke Fickle just parks his butt in Cincinnati and says, like I'm waiting on the Ohio State job to open up. Yeah. <laughs> but like somebody's gonna get Luke Fickle, right? Somebody likely grabs. I mean, I would think like a Dave Aranda's maybe on there. Yeah. Mark Stoops is a name that's getting some play. He's done a really good job at Kentucky. Um, <clears throat> but then you start to get into like for Smith. You know, like, yeah, I mean, his name, I think, is a name, you know, that's out there that somebody might take, right? But I guess I kind of wonder is like, well, you know, is he, I mean, he is an alumnus from Oregon State. Is Would he take it, like, would he move to take a job? I mean. Oh, I like would. Kinti- I mean, oh, pfft. I mean you. I I mean, yeah, around. I mean like, yeah, but you and I are are you're like hard headed. You know, like yes, show me the money. I will go live in Lexington, Kentucky. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, you want to dump? I mean, it's sort of like that. Um, you know, the Mel Tucker thing, right? Like, you know, Michigan State basically, you know, dumped a bunch of money on Mel Tucker, and you know, like the, uh, you know, put their problem on Colorado. Um, I, I just think the, I, I think Smith. I just, I don't think there, the one job that I think I would watch out for him on is Washington, um, because of his experience there and he knows the difference in resources. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but he also knows the pack 12 in and out and he knows at Washington, he's got a pretty good shot if he puts it together to really get going and potentially make the playoff type thing. You know, like if he's at Kentucky, like good Lord, like you got to go beat Georgia, Tennessee's kind of getting going under Josh Heupel. Like that guy, like I I, I think I would be more worried there or I mean, to be frank, I mean, and here's an interesting one is, you know, I mean, I, I think there's a non trivial chance that uh, that sometime in December, ASU opens up. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, and I, I, I mean, I don't think that that's crazy to say that. Right. Like, we don't, I mean, I mean, like, and the NC, like, this is one of those things of like people were so mad when Oklahoma State got that one year postseason ban because Oklahoma State did not self impose a postseason ban. But, the NCAA, and you and I covered this scandal for a while, like the the smaller schools that make up the majority of the NCAA body, we're like super pissed oh, <laughs> at yeah. everything yeah. that went on in that FBI. It's like you knew that like the the, the NCAA was going to hit them. Like this is like too much evidence put in their lap. Like you're absolutely getting a postseason ban. Like stop complaining. Like this was going to happen. Don't, don't pretend the victim. Like you could have taken one last year, but you didn't want to because you had that top five draft pick. Yeah, everyone's p- I mean like regardless of like you know, people can say like everyone cheats. Well, blah, blah, blah. people are pissed at what Arizona state did like David Shaw, athletic directors around the pack 12, you know, like there's a lot going to be a lot of pressure on N- the NCAA to actually do something with Arizona state. That's an interesting job because yeah, you're going to have some sanctions that come down eventually, you know, for what they did. But it's also, I mean, it's also a, jo- a job that you would put in the top half of the conference, um, for sure. And like what Arizona state has is they have a ton of revenue coming in from their online degree program, um, that they could potentially punch towards football. Right. Uh, and that's, I mean, I th- if I was going to say like that, like, I don't, I don't know if Smith necessarily, like, but. That would be that would be a big step up over Oregon State in terms of resources um, and what he could potentially do.
1: That sounds so illegal. I know it's totally legal, but it's just the way, oh, we got this this online revenue source and we'll just take the money from there and put it over here, like throw it in a washing machine.
0: (laughs) Normally, like, I mean, and I try to explain this to people all the time because people get like super pissed. They're like, can you believe on this campus that they're having budget cuts for the English department? And in the meantime, they're paying this coach's buyout. And I'm like, guys, like these are separate budgets. Like these are actually separate incorporated entities right? Like, the, like, so the athletic department raise does their own fundraising. They have their own, you know, they have their own revenues that come in totally separate from main campus, except for like, there's a couple places where they cross over. Um, and that for most schools is like the athletic departments pay main campus for tuition, for the scholarships, for the players. Right. And then then at some schools, a lot of schools, There is also a student athletics fee that gets sent over from main campus to the athletics budget. Arizona State has this other money running around that Michael Crow is invested enough in sports that you might actually see them pump it in. Um, But like they're going to like I know that they're going to feel like they need to go out like Arizona State's going to feel like they need to go out and make a good hire um, but they're going to be at a spot, right? Because, like, they're not necessarily the most attractive program that's going to be open this cycle around. They're certainly not going to have, you know, with this potential sanctions coming too, they might really have to sweeten the deal to get somebody. But there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to get somebody good.
1: And sometimes, Rob, the things that are really important are right there at home.
0: <laughs> but it's hard. I mean, like, I mean, Jonathan Smith's not going to take, like, TCU or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, um, And it's hard to think of like like I could see him like where I could see him comfortable as if like a a mid level Big Ten job opened up you know like I could see him comfortable in that it's hard to see him in the SEC. yeah know. <laughs> yeah I think he's a great coach I just I think he knows like what a shark's you know like what shark infested waters that is
1: yeah if you're Oregon State you're rooting for lots of coordinator hires and a few jobs. A few head coaches being plucked from the Big Ten. I think that's right. Cause like if you go to the Big 12, what even is that conference in five right. years? He's, you know, he's not going to
0: make that move. Yeah.
1: yeah. The ACC is in just as bad shape as um, the Pac 12, ex- except they have Clemson and USC has just crapped the bed for the last 10 years. And yeah. yeah. And I don't see him in the SEC. So, you know, just, you know, light a candle for, <laughs> for lots of coordinators out of the Big 10 getting big time jobs or just um, being able to keep your coach because I would love to have Jonathan Smith in the conference. Um, what one just let's talk about the Oregon, Utah game here real fast, since that was the game of the week. And there was a, a friend of mine named Michelle and, um, and a rather voluptuous, uh, person. And she would at times at the bars come over to my friend when she was mad and she would just put her head right up to, to her bosom and say, don't worry, it's safe here. And I, kind of, huh. I kind of felt like that's where Oregon needed to be at that moment in time. If you're watching this game, like shit's sh- safe right here. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right because they just got lit up. And my goodness, Rob, as I was watching that entire game, I mean, the crowd is going nuts. They're doing the tribute in, in Utah and they're doing it every game, which is really awesome to see, not just from a competitive standpoint, but you know, from a personal standpoint and just remembering their players And, I mean, they just exposed a lot of the things that I think most people were apprehensive about, about Oregon. And I don't know, I mean, if they play this game again on a neutral field, it's probably closer. But, I mean, Utah just looks like the better team.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there were, like, there, there were zero turnovers in this game right? Like, it's not like that Washington game where you open up the box score and you're like, Oh Huskies, you poor people. Uh, <laughs> like Oregon showed up. Um, but here's like, if, if we talked about like, you know, the 2019 flashbacks, there were no 2019 flashbacks here. No. Um, Oregon could not run the ball. Right. They get, they averaged 2.7, 63 total on the ground. Right. <laughs> they did not. And this is not a vintage Utah defensive line. I mean, Utah has some phenomenal linebackers led by Devin Lloyd. Um, and I would say like, I mean, Utah put up two Oh eight on the ground. I wouldn't, I mean, they were good. I wouldn't say they were dumb. I mean like they only got to 4.2 per carry. Um, they, they, I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, in Oregon tackles pretty well. Right. But man, Oregon, I mean, Utah burned him over the top rising, got him a couple times on some big pass plays um, that really hurt. And then of course the punt return. Right. But I mean, like it was, I mean, it was that, that second quarter, you know, where all of a sudden Utah just exploded for 21 points capped off by the punt return. Like that was it. Like, there was no coming back.
1: Oh, no, yes, I saw that. I basically watched it in slow motion in my mind. Like, no. <laughs>
0: <As it was laughs> shedding what are you doing?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. What? I mean, and such a big win for Utah. I'm excited to see the rematch because I think that's probably where things will settle out. But it's not guaranteed. And, you know, I was watching the Arizona-Washington State game with a, a listener of ours, uh, Ryan, and, and a lot of Kook fans and i mean if you're a washington state fan right now you could still win the north and uh, I mean, yeah. it's just what a crazy crazy year in the pac-12 it's a fun conference to cover because it's so uh bizarre and uh, any anything else before we get into the games here rob
0: no no i mean i thought it was like i mean rising had a decent game right he was 10 of 18 but man anthony brown woof, 17 of 35
1: oof oof i, I guess one th- the last thing before we get in um uh, like big picture is, and, and one of our listeners tweeted us this because we had said at the beginning of the year is this being one of the, probably the worst years in the Pac-12 for quarterbacks. And yeah. I think a lot of those names have crashed back to earth, um, whether it's it's Daniels uh, at Arizona State. Uh, Ch- I mean, Nolan, I know, I know the Beavs won, but Nolan kind of is what he is. Uh, although it should have been Jebbia. Uh, Jackson Dart, you know, just really didn't play well. Yeah, you just ah, Charlie Brewer ended up like transferring after two weeks. Uh, Tanner McKee had a really bad game against uh, Cal, so it just kind of it was a real moment of um, realism, you know. (laughs) Like uh, for for the conference with the with the quarterbacks, I really hope. And, And the other thing too is that some of the the guys behind him, like you know, Oregon's got a five star. I think Heward was injured, but. Um, you know, like there really isn't a lot of emerging players where you're like, all right, that's the guy. Like I, I see it. Um, he's going to lead them to the next level. I just, I haven't seen a lot of that yet. And I'm really sad about it. Rob, is there any quarterback you're looking at right now and going like, yes, they are going to be the next big thing in the PAC 12 and kind of really grab everyone's attention.
0: I mean, maybe Jackson dart at USC for next year, not this year. Right. Like, I mean, you're looking at him and you think, all right, you get the right offensive coordinator and he's got another year of development. He's basically playing like a freshman right now, you know, but that that's it. I mean, people are talking, I mean, like, uh, Bud Elliot, you know, had asked if he, if anybody thought Jaden Daniels was a transfer candidate, right? Cause he's plummeted, he's plummeted this year. I mean, in, uh, down the draft board, right? Like, and, and he's he's basically turned out to be the guy that we sort of said he was right that really struggles with downfield accuracy um i mean i i actually think delora yeah you know depending yeah. on the offensive scheme they run could be a guy that like but i mean like man i, I mean the fact that we're sitting there and like jaden delora i mean like Washington, it's just frustrating i guess i find it particularly frustrating cuz like usc oregon Washington and Stanford have like 12, four or five stars on their rosters for QBs, right? Between them. And they got nothing. I mean, there's nobody that they're starting right now that you actually are all that excited about and are sure is you're like, sure. Like coming into next year, like, Oh yeah, that guy's definitely going to break out. Right. Like, I mean, like I said, like baby Jackson dart with the right offensive coordinator, Keaton Slovis is probably a transfer candidate at this point.
1: Yeah. Cam, I mean, um, Cam rising is the the one obviously that, that jumps out. I mean, he could, I don't think he's a senior. He right?
0: I don't think that, I mean, I I still feel like that offense that Andy Ludwig's going to run around him is like, I just don't think they're going to ask him to do a lot. Um, right? Like, I think he's going to hit some really exciting plays. Um, but I still think that that offense and what they have is, I I think, I think he's got some room for growth, but it would be hard for me to see them all of a sudden transforming into like, like what, if you would take like what Ryan day, who has normally had a run first offense at Ohio state has done this year where he's like, Oh man, I have CJ Stroud and the best wide receivers in the country. I'm going to throw the ball all over the place, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it's hard for me to see. And Ludwig has had some past first offenses. I think it's just hard for me to see Utah making that transformation.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I'm excited about him. I think Delora, if he can really um, – you're right. It's got to be scheme. He has to cut back on the turnovers because he can be consistent. But he he does have the tools, and I could see him really turning into somebody. Um, I mean, I could also – the other thing, too, is – I can see a world where Tanner McKee next year, and like Stanford might just be awful. But Tanner McKee turns into uh, like uh, was it Chris Hogan? Who's the, who's the kid that um, like? his oh, singer, Kevin Hogan. Yeah, Kevin Hogan. Hogan, who I thought was great, right? Like he, the team was what it was, but Hogan controlled that offense and moved it forward. The problem was they were able to run the ball. So you know, when you're only throwing it, I think it kind of limits. <laughs> You know, like what the offense is able to do and it doesn't free things up for McKee, but, you know, maybe with a year under his belt, but all that to say, it's like, nobody really jumps out as, as being the the guy where he's going to get a Heisman type of, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 is going to get the Heisman, but like, you know, get, get that, get that Heisman buzz going. I just, we're just not there. I hope that happens always oh, got to end on a down note rob before the commercial break here um I know. <laughs> let's talk about all of the week 12 action all of the rivalry games in week 13 and let's do it right after this
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons
1: this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
0: that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not a, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal.
1: deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. It's rivalry week. It's rivalry week. I'll say that four times fast. And we have some non-conference games, Rob. We, we got BYU. We got Notre Dame uh, uh, again on the slate. Where do you want to start?
0: Oh man. Uh I mean there's there yeah, there are rivalry games on, but like, man, some of these games are not good. Do you wanna do you wanna start out with the uh well, you know what? Let's start with the Friday games. <laughs> let's 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 knock this Colorado Utah game out and move on. <laughs>
1: uh let let's get that um Let's drive that by that fixer upper house before the the real estate agent takes us to, you know, the, the million dollar home, right? You gotta yeah you gotta drive by that
0: first. Because we've also mostly covered like the Utah game, right? Like
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Utah twenty-four. I'm sorry, Utah is a twenty four point favorite at home uh against Colorado. And Colorado had its game against Washington. I mean like, I, I thought the majority of the story, like the commenting on this story came from, you know, what was what was Washington actually doing in, you know, in that game? Is there, you know, like, what, what did you think about Colorado's performance against Patrick O'Brien? You know, we had a we had a wasn't he from Colorado State? We had like it was just such a weird, bizarre game. Um, yeah. Did Brendan Lewis and company do anything that really made you stand out and go, OK? Uh,
0: No. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Everyone has been able to run the ball against Washington. Arizona ran for like 200 yards against Washington. Colorado couldn't.
1: Yeah, that was nuts.
0: right. I mean, this was a, this was just an awful, awful offensive performance for Colorado. Um, And yeah, Washington's got a good, decent defense. But like I said, like anyone can run on the Huskies. And the fact that Colorado wasn't able to do it is a really stunning indictment from where this offense, you know, really is. Uh, and uh, Chenault, the Chenault Jr., Levante Chenault, actually entered the transfer portal after this game. Oh, Lord almighty.
1: You know, Chiverini <laughs> is sending, you know, multiple bouquets of flowers and, and various chocolates to John Donovan. Because if Donovan was not an offensive coordinator uh, for, you know, three quarters of the year, all eyes would be on Chiverini and just the disaster that has been this offense. We talked about it. I mean, like sometimes I think fans and listeners are like, all right, can you let up? But like, it's so freaking frustrating. And it's so freaking obvious. Like we saw what happened with this guy literally three years ago. And Colorado is like, yeah, we're good. Like, we'll, we'll bring him back for another ride. <laughs> and like, this is what happens. Right. They went Two of thirteen on third downs, 183 yards in the game, and yes, the secondary for Washington it's good, but the fact, like you just mentioned, Rob, that they weren't able to do anything. I mean, it is a mess. At the same time, at the same time, 24 points against Utah. I mean, does Utah care one crap about this game?
0: Yeah, I mean they're gonna. I mean, here's the thing: like Utah doesn't like Utah cares. I think because I just feel like Whittingham has, has these guys dialed in right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also think that like Colorado is so bad that Utah's like Utah is probably going to rest their starters after the first half. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're Utah, right. Like you, you're going to have this wrapped up. I mean, like I, I might avoid this line (laughs) Like beta race got it at 29. Right. I don't know that Utah I mean, but that's the other part too is like, I don't know. Th- I mean, like, Utah has a far more balanced defense, um, you know, than than uh, Washington does. And the Utes offense, like, they're number three in effective rush. Colorado is 93 in effective rush. Um, I think the Utes are going to run all over them. And then you flip it around, like, Utah doesn't have a big run-pass split. They're 25 overall, 28 effective rush, 34 an effective pass. I think they're going to be able to shut down this this Colorado um, offense pretty well. I mean, I like we'll likely get to see some some Utah backups in this game.
1: We're going to see Utah backups. Don't bet on this game, by the way. Like
0: this no, is no, it's yeah. it's too uncertain because like they they might rest people early
1: we're going to see like four trick plays, right? There's got to be at least one flea, flea. I mean, that's, that's where I get kind of nervous with the 24 points because I think Colorado is just going to do whatever it needs to, to try to put up points and manufacture points. Um, I think we see Utah's backups here. It's a sleepy game, right? It's on Friday at one o'clock, like, you know, in the middle of just whatever. And uh, the only thing that gives me pause for not taking the 24 is I mean Colorado I guess they want I mean they just beat Washington but I feel like the team gave up anyway right they want
0: like oh my god <laughs> I mean you look at that game like you look at that game and like I actually feel like like yeah sure Colorado has to feel good but it almost feels like the offense quit <laughs> <laughs> right and like the defense too I mean man you could talk about like yeah we saw Patrick O'Brien but like Dylan Morris lit him up for 388. (laughs) Like he had two picks, but he definitely slung the ball around. You know, I mean, like yeah, they were able to contain the Huskies on the ground a bit, but I mean, I don't know. Like it just, uh, I, I don't think that this, like that was a, that was a really lucky game for Colorado. Um, And I, I just, I. I think here's the, here's this entire game is basically going to turn on like, what does Utah do in the first quarter? Right. Cause if Utah are, yeah. you know, maybe it's like, but if Utah's up by three or four scores, right. Like, and they easily could be, you know, like I don't, I don't think like Colorado may like, and this is what really hurt Oregon too, was like Colorado maybe bringing extra bodies down to help contain the run game in that case, Colorado's dead. Cause Utah's going to hit, you know, the tight ends and receivers over the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, it's, it's just hard. Like I just feel like there's going to be a point at say when they're up by up by four possessions. So more than 21 points where Utah, like where Whittingham is going to be smart and rising and Thomas <laughs> and Devin Lloyd are going to be on the bench.
1: I think the two things to keep a lookout for um, if you actually are going to bet this game is possibly Utah first half, right? I I just think Utah is going to beat the tar out of Colorado in the first half. Um, And take a look at that Colorado team total under, because um, there are often times where Vegas will float like a seven and a half. And they put that half on there for all of the, the, just the suckers, because you go, oh they might score a touchdown, and like the team never scores the touchdown, right? Like it's a uh, it's yeah. like the uh, uh, it's like the South Park episode with the dragon, and he, like you never catch the dragon, <laughs> like he just he just floats away. Um, I I anyway, I think that's the the direction to look in for this for this week. I'll take I'll take Utah. I'll lay the twenty four points. I do think they they just beat the tar out of them, but I, but just know that like. This could be such a crapshoot. This is almost like a bowl game, basically. So, you know, buyer beware.
0: I mean, I just, I, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Utes. I, I, I actually think Colorado. I don't know that they have it in them for this game.
1: Yeah. And and I apologize to all the Colorado fans for even mentioning that this team deserves to be in anything that has a resemblance of a bowl game. <laughs> it's like yeah. the, it's the antithesis of a bowl game, but I just think that it's a
0: tough. I mean, this Colorado team, like if you look at the record, like four and seven, you'd be like, oh, you know, like maybe they're building. Something. It just it doesn't feel like they're building something No, right now.
1: No, it is it is a mess. I think it will get worse before it gets better. Um, let's get let's uh, take a bath and go over to another <laughs> another game that I think is interesting. Right, Washington State, yeah. the Apple Cup. Right, a one and a half yeah. point favorite on the road, Washington State against Washington, and Washington State looked now. Everybody looks good, mostly against Arizona. At least their offense does. Um, right, and I mean, so did you watch this game?
0: Uh, I did, actually, yes, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I... <laughs> like the best part of the, about the fog is you couldn't actually see the play on the field, which I appreciated. Right. <laughs> um, Washington State, 44, Arizona, 18. And, I mean, Washington... Like we talked about this at the very beginning. This was one of our trap games, right? Like, Arizona was, was built and put on this earth to get their ass handed to them in this game. It's yeah. cold. No one wants to right. be there. They have one win on the season. Now, this team... We'll get to the Arizona, to the Territorial Cup, because this team still plays hard. But it's right. freezing. The crowd's going nuts. you got the fireball shots going. Jaden Dolores throwing the ball over everybody. Ja- Max Borg- Borgies scoring points. Oh, they had points. a huge game
0: running the ball. Oh, yeah. They just ran all. like. I it, mean, that's one of the things since Nick Rolovich has actually been gone, is they run the ball more.
1: That is true. Yeah. and Which Borg- is Borgies- smart.
0: Like, that's, been a, that's been a positive change for this team. <laughs>
1: And is Borgie, I think he's transferring. He said his last game was at Washington State. So I don't quite know if he's just He dis- might
0: be looking to go to the pros. He's certainly got enough. He's a decent enough receiver. They don't ask the backs in the run and shoot to go out on routes, but he's a decent enough receiver and an overall talent. I could see like he's probably not a day 1 or day 2 draft pick, but I could see him getting drafted. It yeah. is a
1: rivalry game, but I think Washington State's going to win this game like fairly handily. Is that is that a fair assessment?
0: I mean, here's what's I mean, so Washington really does rely on the pass, right? Like, I mean, as just, just funky as that is to say, but they're fifty-five an effective pass on offense, only one oh four in effective rush. Washington State's actually pretty good against the pass. They're number fifteen in effective pass, only sixty-four in effective rush. I think they'll do a good job of put of putting pressure on Dylan Morris. That's where they've really excelled defensively, is, is finding ways to get to, you know, pressure. I think what's what will be interesting is this game, as we talked about a little bit, like they are running the ball a little bit more with Borgie. Washington state is still only seventy seven in effective rush they're twenty three in effective pass, but you're coming up against a team that like really does defend the pass well they're like you know Washington is number five in effective pass, only fifty five in effective rush. They're gonna have to run the ball. Um, so like I, I would still keep an eye out for that. I mean, th- like that's my one real hesitation and in Washington state offensively relies on big plays, they're 27 in explosive drives, but only 90 in drive efficiency. Washington still does a really good job at containing big plays. Number nine in explosive drives, um, 56 in drive efficiency. I, I do think though, like just it, it, like this game, if, if Borgia, if Borgia is a big game, I think it's there for him. Um, I think Morris could have a long day and maybe turn the ball over a couple times again. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking the Cougs.
1: You take a look at what Washington was able to do against Colorado. Most of it was not on the ground, 58 yards on 25 attempts against freaking Colorado. Um, so that's good for Washington state. If you're, you know, looking on, Hey, how are we going to stop this monstrosity of an offense? Um, you know, they're just not going to be able to run the ball, which is oftentimes the weakness for Washington state. I do think that there's like, you know, if there's a prop bet for how many interceptions are going to be thrown in this game, I would put the over on two. Like, I just think, yeah, I think Delora is good for one. I think Morris is good for one. The one thing that Washington state just needs to avoid is turning the ball over. And I do think that this is an opportunity for them to, um, when the apple cup and put them in contention for the pac 12 North, uh, you did like when you found that out, like I kind of had a jaw dropping moment, just thinking oh wow that that's that's pretty freaking impressive
0: right i mean the fact that they could i mean you really feel like if they were able to pull that off you're like oh wow like dickard probably gets the job then you know and maybe even just winning the apple cup dickard gets the job (laughs) but you know yeah the fact that they're really you know still in contention and um you know, can, uh, you know, these, they, they, they need to win and then they'll, they'll be sitting there Saturday watching the Beavs. But I think the fact that they really have something to play for, I mean, Washington doesn't even have bowl eligibility. It's just pure pride, um, for them at this point.
1: Yeah. They're going to rally around Bob Gregory, like have fun with that. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. think this could be a game where they just give up and, um, and even even though that secondary has really shown up every game, I mean, it's just it's just a lot to expect from this team. One thing to keep in mind is Sam Heward, uh, the five-star freshman. I hope I'm pronouncing his name. I apologize, Washington fans, if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. He could be the guy in this game, but I just don't, you know, I, I can't see a scenario where Gregory benches Morris after all they've asked him to do. Um, you know, maybe we see two quarterbacks. It's just something to keep a leg out for. But, I
0: don't know that I'd want to throw a Hewitt out against this. I mean, this Washington yeah, State defense yeah. isn't amazing, but they're pretty good against the pass.
1: Yeah, and and the few plays we've seen of him this year, like not super impressive. I mean, I think he, I think there's a reason he's got why some he, growing to do. Yeah, there's yeah. A reason why he didn't really start there. Um, okay, where else do you want to go? We're going to Saturday here.
0: Uh, let's save the Oregon game. You want to do? Uh, oh God, these other ones are just so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I really want to talk about like USC versus the, yeah, let's do it. Let's do you, let's knock out the two non-conference horror shows quickly. Um, for the one Stanford fan that we have and like the, the USC fans all stopped listening like six weeks ago because is so bad.
1: <laughs> well, our Stanford <laughs> fan does listen and he like attentively listens. We get tweets from him all the time. So thanks for hanging with <laughs> us. It's been a rough ride, but, uh, hopefully Lance Anderson gets fired, uh, yesterday. Um, wait, so are we
0: doing that's like, that's like I, I will, I can't wait to talk. I can't wait to see after this game, like what gets announced by Stanford? Like, and maybe they wait till after signing day, but like what changes to Shaw make? Like, I can't wait to see that.
1: Anderson has a body that David Shaw, you know, mm. ran over in the middle of the night somewhere. Oh and drunk, right.
0: Yeah. Like just what, what do you have to do to fire Lance Anderson? Like, what does he have to prove?
1: Oh my gosh. To, um, so wait, are we doing Notre Dame Stanford? Or are we doing BYU USC? Pick your let's do
0: BYU USC. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's 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 dive in
1: <laughs> so my son is a ucla fan and uh this game against usc was just it was like him opening presents all day <laughs> like, was, uh, dad dad ucla scored again oh oh is another touchdown dad hey dad <laughs> like, i'm just hearing him yell from downstairs because i was doing a little bit of work up here as i was watching the game uh and it was just really funny um there's like I was at the airport one time and there's this kid and I wish I wish everybody still had this youthful exuberance. She's watching the planes take off from BWI airport and every time the plane you know plane would light up and fly into the air she just she just lost her mind. She's like, "Oh my gosh, we can fly, <laughs> you know, and, like, that's how we should always feel when we're in a plane, like, I can't believe somebody invented this, this is amazing, <laughs> but over and over and over again, she just kept watching the planes go, and um, and just the joy of, uh, of a UCLA fan to watch all of those points, DTR, Four touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but was able to get it done through the air. Casimir Allen, a name that we like, I have had on my radar for like four years, just like one of the fastest guys on the team. Sometimes that doesn't translate, and we, it really hasn't, um, over the years, but he had himself a big game, big catch for a touchdown. Kyle Phillips, six for 80. Charbonnet had 167 yards. I mean, like, th- this was just, you know, the beginning was a little close, but you could just tell that USC was, um, you know, giving it the old college try and then they just kind of disintegrated over time.
0: Yeah. I mean USC was horrible. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean, sure, like you know, you could talk yourself into you could talk yourself into Dart having a decent day, right? But he had two picks, you know, he played like a freshman, right? Yeah. Um, and I knew like we taught like I we talked about this last week. Like if Dart's gonna start, like there's gonna be some bad throws in there with some turnovers. Um you know, I mean, like you see all these defenses bad. Jerry has an to needs he's get fired. Um, but, oh my gosh, like this, this USC defense is something else. <sighs> I mean, they're at, they're down to one Oh six in beta rank. Like I, I literally don't think Todd Orlando ever works as a defensive coordinator again.
1: No. Well, <laughs> oh, ever again. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe, especially
0: after what's going to happen to him this week, like this week is going to be embarrassing
1: he can go um coordinate for deon sanders right uh, at jacksonville state apparently according to his agent remember like there's five like reggie bush is like i don't know keep a lookout for deon sanders as the head coach at usc I'm like please don't ever talk for the next like week and a half like shame on you oh my god <laughs> uh, you're right i mean they, it was such a disaster for usc the one the one bright spot was gary bryant you know 161 yards and a touchdown he had a, a heck of a game and yeah, something to keep a lookout for when we talk about UCLA and Cal, um, USC, who's awful at rushing the ball, ran for 190 yards against UCLA's rush yeah. defense. So, you know, just a just another data point there. Um, you know, USC plays BYU. BYU is a seven-point favorite in the Coliseum. Uh, I haven't paid as much attention to BYU outside the three wins they already have against Pac-12 teams. Rob, what's uh, what are the numbers? Is it, four, is it
0: four wins or three wins? It's four wins. They, they, they've, they've laid it to the Pac-12. Is, um, it, is
1: Hall still the quarterback? Yep. That's a problem. That's a problem.
0: Yeah. So uh, BYU comes in at 34 in beta rank. USC is at 73. Uh, BYU's offense is at number nine overall. They're at number five in explosive drives. USC is at one sixteen. Oh, um, BYU is number ten in effective pass, and of course Hall is mobile too. Um,
1: <laughs> they have one on more game. It. It's 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 the best.
0: And and then it's there, but they're at once USC's defense is at one seventeen, and I mean this pass defense is horrible. And then you flip it around and BYU has got a bad defense. I mean, they've got a, like they're at 74 overall in beta rank. I mean, they're, 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 they're at number 96 in drive efficiency. I mean, USC, this is, this should be, this game may be a total replay of what we just saw. Like yeah. BYU is going to get all the points they want. USC is going to put up some decent numbers offensively and score some. Um, but in the end, they'll probably lose by a lot. <laughs> I just because I feel I I feel like it's really like I just I think this USC defense in particular has totally quit
1: oh I totally agree I think BYU puts up a gazillion points in this game seven points for me is too few like I I think there's a chance where this is a blowout Um
0: yeah, I was a little bummed that Betarank actually, because of the home field, had this on the wrong side of where the Vegas line opened. Betarank only has BYU as a 6.88 favorite. So like, I'm, I'm like, but I think they're gonna blow right past that.
1: Yeah, and and they have something to play for. Like, right, Sataki BYU's nine and two. I mean, he can hang that. Like, we own this conference. Let's roll. Let's rip through it. Yeah, um, they're fine. They'll they'll be fired up. Um,
0: they can get, sweep yeah. the Pac-12, go into USC, wax them, right? Like even if USC doesn't care about this game, like BYU, it'll be easy to get them fired up to play the Trojans.
1: Yeah, and then get the Arizona job or uh, Arizona State job, <laughs> you know, Satake.
0: Oh my gosh, that would be that would be an amazing hire for Arizona State. <laughs>
1: uh, he has certainly put together. I don't
0: think. I don't think. I don't know. Like he's getting some pub for that Washington job.
1: I mean, that could make sense.
0: I would, I would honestly hire him before I would hire some of the other names. Like I would hire him before I hired Justin fricking Wilcox.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that like, I know Wilner's been floating that, that doesn't make sense. Um, I mean like, Hey, let's go hire the team that has consistently placed under the team that we currently have outside of this year.
0: Um, Yeah. I get tired of hearing about like all the, like all the restrict, like how hard it is at Cal. I'm like, it's not that hard at Cal, right? Like it's not like I mean, there are harder jobs in the back 12 even. Yeah, that's than true. Cal. <laughs> Uh
1: I, I would prefer Kalen DeBoer over Sataki, but I don't think that's where Washington's
0: going to I can see Kalen DeBoer. Like that that's a name I put like, I think Sataki's made some really good. If he brings Aaron Roderick, his offensive coordinator with him, you'd take it probably with Sataki too. But both both those dudes need to fire in defensive coordinators if you're gonna make those hires.
1: So we're both taking all favorites right now. think so.
0: They like I, it's like the pack, like thus far we have covered some teams that I have some I have some questions about how they're gonna show up and we're gonna do another one right after this.
1: <laughs> Rob Rob slipped in the uh, the commercial break. He went ninja on us. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Don't don't think Rob can't drop some commercial breaks. He knows the transitions, Rob. (laughs) Um, All right, let's bring the pain. Notre Dame, number eight. Oh, my God. (laughs) A 19-point favorite um, (sighs) on the road against Stanford. This game, didn't this game open? What was the opening line of this game? Do you remember?
0: It opened at 17, and I was like, you've got to be
1: kidding me. Yeah. Because even if Notre Dame... I mean, well, here's the thing. I don't know if Notre Dame sits at starters, right? They're in the playoff hunt.
0: No, Notre Notre Dame made it very clear in what they did to Georgia Tech last week (laughs) that they know that style points matter for what they're going for. Notre Dame is going to finish with one loss. It's good. Their one loss is going to be to Cincinnati, and they know that they're not going to have a conference championship game, and so they are going to absolutely want to leave an impression.
1: No better team to leave an impression with than the Stanford team. Holy goodness.
0: They're going to leave an impression on the Stanford team.
1: <laughs> They're going stamp to their, stamp their initials onto their forehead. Uh, this was just a, you know, Stanford ended up playing. I mean, it's not really a big game if, you know, one team is just significantly better than the other. I mean, Cal 41, Stanford 11. The th- so... This was one of the ones I got wrong, but it was also because we didn't quite know, right? Was Cal gonna show up fully healthy? They did. Is Tanner McKee gonna play in this game? He did. So I counted this one as a loss, even though I kind of just said I don't really want to bet on this because we don't really know. But the fact that McKee showed up, I thought maybe they could keep it close, but they did not, Rob. They absolutely did not. <laughs> no,
0: they did not. <laughs> I mean, we talk I mean, the Stanford team's been on the full skids, right? Yeah. But I mean, to be sitting here uh, and yeah, we know that they've struggled running the football and, and Cal has a, a amazingly managed to plug the hole in their a and B gap run defense. Um, I mean, Stanford was a horrible running the football in this game. <laughs> um, and then, you know, McKee really, I mean, he had a tough time throwing the ball too. And then Cal was just marching up and down on this God awful Stanford offense. And, Uh, I mean, defense. And then, so Stanford had terrible field position too. I mean, it was just a, just an, I mean, and McKee had two picks. I mean, just an awful game um, for Stanford. They, uh, they got out, they got more, they got more than doubled up by Cal uh, on yards. Right. I mean, the, the points don't, don't even tell the whole story of how bad this game was.
1: Yeah. You know, I always look at the, the quarterback first. Every time I look at the stat, Sheet and yeah, Garber six seventeen to twenty six two fifty two touchdowns and a pick. That's pretty good, but friggin' Cal Cal ran for three hundred yards on Stanford. Yeah, Stanford's
0: Stanford's run defense is very bad,
1: and like we knew that. But Cal's rush defense is not a juggernaut. I mean, it's just I think it, like this Stanford defense is I think has given up. I mean, the the fact that you can give up that many yards to Cal and just not stop anything is really, really well
0: offense is not great. Like that's
1: how many, how many points does Stanford score against Notre Dame?
0: Oh man. I mean, so here's your problem. So like Notre Dame's defense is really good. Like in Marcus Freeman, who they got from Cincinnati is one. Like I wouldn't be like, he's probably the head coach in waiting behind Brian Kelly. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get an interview for a, Big job. Like he's he's pretty well regarded. Um, but they're number five overall in in beta rank right now. They're number six in effective rush, number four in effective pass. Stanford comes into this offensively at number ninety-two in beta rank. Oh my gosh. And Notre is number eight in special teams, Stanford is number sixty-two. Then Notre Dame's changed up their offense a little bit over the bye week. They're definitely throwing like a, a couple weeks ago. They're throwing the ball pretty effectively right now. They're at number 25 in Beta Rank offensively. Um, they're gonna they're gonna get gr- they should they should have just great field position in this game. <laughs> they should they're just gonna put up so many points on Stanford. Stanford's defense is at 107. They're at 116 an effective rush. So I fully expect Notre Dame to be able to to run the ball as much as they want. They're going to be able to throw the ball. Stanford's pass defense has been deteriorating as teams take advantage of how bad their run defense is. And oh, it's the Stanford team's in trouble. I just I look at this team and I just feel like, frankly. If that was the best they could get up for to play Cal, like yeah. how bad is this going to be?
1: Oh, they might lose so bad that it might actually make David Shaw make a change on his staff. Like that's how that's how bad I of an. I
0: can't this believe be. where this. I still can't believe where this opened up. Like I, I thought because like, Beta Ranks got this at thirty-one, right? Yeah. And I thought that's where it would open because I think Notre Dame probably passes forty.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look at what I had it. At... Oh, I put it at sixteen. Why did I do that? That was dumb. I mean, oh, that maybe that was the opening line. Yeah, I don't think I did that. I didn't think I guessed that one. Um, if if I said sixteen, I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Notre Dame. I think they I think they win this game by at least twenty four.
0: Yeah. There's there's no way. Like unless Notre Dame pulls their starters, which they're not going to do. Yeah. Right. Like until they're probably up by forty. Oh my gosh. Let's go. Yeah, go Pac-12. I mean, just, it's just, like, this is probably one of the more, I got to say this, like, I'm sorry, but, like, this has been one of the more depressing years in the Pac-12. Like, this is just so... How dare you, sir? I've loved this season. Oh, it is, though. Like, I mean, it's like, there's just, and you like, like we talked about, like, with, like, quarterbacks, it's like, is there anybody even coming back that you're like, oh, man, like, watch out for those guys. Like, you, there's, like, we're basically going to come back next year being, like, I pray to God, somebody that we haven't seen on the bench steps up. <laughs> yeah. There you
1: go. Uh, Borkette over at ASU. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Jaden Daniels transfers.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, let, let's, let's talk about the territorial cup here. Um, <laughs> All right. We talked about, <laughs> we talked about Arizona and their game. I mean, really it just, it just sucked. Um, it, it was, it was just a, a complete beat down plumber. The one thing, you now not super accurate but 222 he did have two touchdowns and a pick um right arizona was able to rush the ball a little bit and then the fog right. just came in and you couldn't see anything it's always funny because like there was a couple reviews and i'm like how are you gonna review anything you can't see the freaking ball um asu on the other hand i mean if, if this team was really I mean, look i i took i took oregon say i went four and two on the week um I took Oregon State in this game because they are just a different team at home. And the one thing I did not, I I mean, I kind of factored it in just from because they were at home. But like you mentioned, they made some adjustments on defense and they really were able to stop. Like the one thing I was worried about was can um, Rashad White and ASU run the ball against Oregon State? And the answer normally is yes, but it wasn't. I mean, they they really put the clamps down.
0: No, that was one of the most, that was really impressive. I mean, they basically put themselves in a position where, you know, like Arizona state was going to have to beat them through the air and pff, Jay Daniels <laughs> can't do it. I mean, good luck. Right. I mean, he looked, I mean, and he had, he only had one pick in this game, but he had a couple throws where you're like, Oh man, that is a, he was, he was high and over the middle or off over the middle. And you're like that those 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 sometimes go the other way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rashad White 15 for 39. I mean, he got he had more yards catching the ball than running it against a team that you normally should be able to run against. But look, the the Oregon State came out fired up. Like they kind of knew what was at stake and that this was a big game. So but like I don't, look, ASU on paper they they have a good team. They're getting 20 or they're giving 20 points to Arizona in a rivalry game. I think that's way too many points. Like
0: Arizona has been no, no Arizona's the state's been falling down. They're down to 49 in beta rank and it's mostly the offense. They're, they're a bad power five offense. They're at 59 overall in beta rank. They're at 80 ineffective pass and 30 in effective rush. And they, then they're all big plays. They're 32 in explosive drives. Here's where this is like this matchup gets quasi interesting. So Arizona's defense isn't great. They're at 92 overall in Beta Rank. You can absolutely drive against them, but they contain big plays pretty well comparatively. They're at 59 in explosive drives, and they're at 35 in negative drives. Don Brown gets after you. He can force some three and outs. Can force some turnovers. Um, you is know, they, he, they. Is he
1: coaching they, in this game?
0: He is okay. like he's accepted the UMass job, but he be like because Arizona's not going to have a bowl game. He'll basically start right after the Territorial Cup. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean they're sitting at you know like they're I, I think I don't know I mean I think Arizona can I think Arizona State's offense is in enough trouble, right? And another thing that like helps I mean helped Arizona State last year and the year before was they had pretty good special teams. And they don't this year. They're at 100 in special teams. I mean, Arizona, which has got awful special teams, is at 97. (laughs) Where where Arizona State, like what still works for them is their defense, right? Um, They're at 28 overall in beta rank. um, But where they struggle, and you saw it in the Oregon State game, is you can drive on them. Like they're, they're at 98 in drive efficiency. They do a pretty good job containing big plays still, number seven in explosive drives. Um, and they're definitely better against the pass than they are against the run. What I kind of wonder at here is like, because they're at 41 in effective rush, is Arizona going to be able to run the ball? But, I mean, Bader has got this at 17. I'm with you. I think 20 is just a little too many points.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I I, I would go as far as to say there is a world where, If these two teams played, given the, given the spot that they both are in, where if you look at Arizona and what they did against Washington state, I would just write that off as that's a, that's a dumb game that they just, we're, we're not going to win. Like they are not built that way to win that type of game, but a rivalry game where the, they can look at that tape and watch them get waxed 70 to seven. Um, and they, and they're still playing hard for this coach. Like I think if they play this game six times, they might might actually win one of them. <laughs> like it's just r- rivalry games are weird. Uh, I don't think they're going to, but twenty is way too much. I think this game is like a ten point game at the end. Um, we'll see.
0: Well, and I I mean honestly, like Arizona State players have to have a lot of questions about this off season. Yeah. In their head, right? And sure, they're still going to have a bowl game, but at seven and four you know, like, and, and, and yeah, it's a rivalry. You're likely to be a little more focused, but I just feel like Arizona is going to be a lot more f- focused for this game. Right. Like, and I, I feel like Arizona state players, I mean, genuinely might be wondering whether they're going to stick around, right? Like how many guys are going to be wondering about going to the transfer portal or not, depending on, you know, what happens with the coaching staff and, and sanctions.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Cause like, you know, we both went to Arizona and I think we've, picked them a lot but they've they've covered i mean i, they I took, have yeah i took washington state last week but they continue to cover and they continue to play hard you just got to find the spots for them because yeah they over you know utah overlooked them um like clearly overlooked them, you know um,
0: <laughs> yeah but the, the game <laughs> well, that, that gave they to the punt block too you're not going to have too many of those for Arizona.
1: So. yeah that's true but like the teams that they've lost against are the teams that didn't overlook them. Right. Colorado needed that win and then just went out and beat right. guitar. Plus they had Gunnar Um
0: Yeah. they had We should never, ever play again.
1: But like Washington overlooked them. I, I just feel like, I, I just think that this is, this is a game that they keep competitive. So I'll take the 20. Um, I think it opened at 21 too. So this got bet down just a little bit. Yeah. Let's go to, let's do the Oregon game. We've kind of held this off for too long. We have, um, Whatever you want to call the bowl, it used to be the Civil War. Um,
0: I jokingly refer to it as the game that shall not be named.
1: Yeah, yeah the the um the the ruthless battle. Um, <laughs> the uns- anyway, it is Oregon State is a seven point underdog on the road against Oregon in a game that will likely decide who the Pac twelve North champion is. And I didn't pick this game yet, Rob, because I was really curious what Beta rank had it at, I think I capped it at, I'm just looking at my numbers here. I capped this one. I, I said it was Oregon by seven and a half. So it was pretty close to um, what okay. we're seeing right now. What is now, I, it opened at Oregon minus nine and it's dipped down to seven. Whoa. Yeah. yeah okay. So a two point movement. And I think that's fair because I think Oregon has a chance to win this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, rank has got it as Oregon by five, basically 4.84 uh, and a 65% win probability. I mean but there's some watch outs here I mean we've talked about like Oregon's defense is great you can absolutely drive against them that's what the Beavs do best right <laughs> like this is not an explosive Beavers offense they're number 63 in explosive drives but they're at number 9 in drive efficiency and number 7 in negative drives Oregon everyone drives against the Ducks they're at 115 in drive efficiency right like Arizona did it UCLA did it yeah I think I think Oregon State can do it Um, now what Oregon does really well though, is they can limit your, they, they tackle well and they can limit your yards for play and they can make it hard to go sort of the length of the field. Um, I, I, what, what I struggle with in this game is Nolan, (laughs) you know, like I just, I struggle if Oregon state needs to get completions to keep drives going, I just worry about him on, in those spots. But you flip it around and like, man, I just, I mean, yeah, Oregon, Oregon's got it. I mean, Oregon and Oregon State both have good offenses. Oregon's offense is number 14 overall, but they're all explosive. That's all they do. They're at 50 in drive efficiency, six in explosive drives, 10 in effective rush. But Oregon State, their number's not great at explosive drives at 57, but they're a lot better there than they are at like drive efficiency, which is 94. And since they switched play collars their their numbers have improved. They're down to 68 overall in beta rank on defense. I just think, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like, uh, like I said, beta rank got it at basically five. It's not like it's far off of, of where it's at at seven. I thought nine was too much. Seven might be about right, but yeah. I mean, I do, I got to say this, like, I think the Beeves are a better coach team. Yeah. You know, like, I, I just, I think they are. I mean, I would, I mean, I think Joe Moorhead's good. I don't think the necessarily worked out. And the special teams, Beavs have a really big advantage. They're at number nine in special teams. Oregon's at 58.
1: Yeah. Th- I mean, this is tough. Because, but it's hard
0: to take the Beeves on the road. It's hard to take the – it's it's just – it's hard to take Chance Nolan on the road. I know. I know. He's going <laughs> to throw a
1: pick. Like, for absolutely, we'll do that in this game.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Oregon's got that ball-hawking secondary. I mean, and and they do – you know, like, they're going to have to come up with a plan for Thibodeau in this game, right? Like, they're um, – but at the same time, like, I mean, I think that they can – I mean, I think Oregon State's offensive line can open up some holes you know, and get some yards, right? And they could certainly Oregon State is more than happy pounding out drives and getting, you know, you know, for a carry on the drives. But like Oregon, like Oregon to score usually has to have like some really big plays. I don't know. I mean I feel like the, I mean, both teams are going to be pretty focused in this game, right? Like, I guess, like, I, it, it also depends a little bit on, like, if Washington State wins, Oregon State has a little less to play for. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: You know, because, like, if, if, if Washington State loses, then Oregon State wins and they're in the Pac 12 title game, right? That's a, t- I mean, but Oregon, I mean, Oregon, of course, is in the position of win and they're in. I, I don't know. I think I am going to take the ducks here as much as it pains me to do it. I just, I can't take no one on the road like this.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do the same. I think this game could be close. I, uh, I capped it at seven and a half. I think that extra half point actually matters in this game in a rivalry game. I thought nine was too much, but, uh, I'll take Oregon. I think that they are the, I think they are the better team. They have the better talent. Um, I do think that Oregon state is better coached right now, but I do think that it's not like Oregon is, is gonna throw up all over itself in this game. Yeah. I think that they'll they'll be ready to play. Give me give me the ducks and seven. I'm with you too. It's an apprehensive one. I'm definitely not betting this one. I think the value so far is in Stanford, Arizona, and probably Washington State are the three that and, and BYU. Holy goodness, BYU. Uh, yeah. I fear, fear for those <laughs> tapes. All right, let's go to one more. Here. Um Cal is a seven point underdog. On the road against UCLA. You know, Cal coming off a, f- a fine and fun win against Stanford, if you're a Cal fan. Um, UCLA dropped a 60-burger on USC. So it's two teams that collectively scored 100 points that are going to be facing each other. Um, I still think that Cal plays hard. And I trust them to show up in this game more than I trust UCLA uh that's just with my heart but I'm curious what the numbers say in this matchup Rob because it's a, kind of a fascinating game
0: I don't get why this what was it at again UCLA by seven yeah I don't get that <laughs> so Peter Rank has this as UCLA by 1.78
1: Ooh, I had it at five um, <laughs> I like one so though.
0: <laughs> the um the Bears are at forty three in beta rank. UCLA's at forty four. So UCLA is basically only getting some home home cooking um, to to tighten this up. Um, but not a ton. And they're, you know, the this is an interesting matchup because like it's actually like the Bears defense has been sneaky good. Like I gotta give Sermon credit. Like I didn't think it was gonna work. It's kind of worked. They're at 15 overall in Beta Rank right now on defense. Um, 32 in drive efficiency, 19 in explosive drives. Um, they don't have a big run. That old Cal big run pass split isn't there. They're at 16 in effective rush, 22 in effective pass. Um, they get a UCLA defense that or an offense that's at 18 in beta rank. They're pretty good. But, you know, 14 in effective rush, 47 in effective pass. I mean, as always with the Bruins, it's going to come down like, can you, you know, limit them running the football enough and then force Dorian Thompson Robinson to do it? Um, and you flip it around, like the Bears' offense is not good. 70 overall in beta rank, <laughs> but they get a uh, UCLA defense that's at 77, right? Yeah. Um and, and Cal, where they excel, is at big plays. They're at 23 in explosive drives. They are horrible. They cannot keep drives together and get them going. Um, but that's an interesting matchup because UCLA is actually pretty good at the, containing those. They're at 42 at containing explosive drives. Um, Cal's at 58 in effective rush, 70 in effective pass. UCLA's at 71 in effective rush and 83 in effective pass. I just feel like actually on both sides of the ball, it's a pretty close matchup right? Special teams are 57 for Cal special teams are at 60 for UCLA. Um, I just think Cal's going to be able to keep this game close, right? I think their defense is, is a a lot better than any defense that UCLA has faced in a while. (coughs) And I think, um, you know, I think Cal's offense is good enough fish against a very bad UCLA defense to be able to put up some points. So I think this one is close. I think, you know, like, I think that, you know, it's closer to a field goal in the end than a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. If you're a Cal fan, it's a bummer that you had the COVID stoppage, right? Because they likely beat Arizona in that game. And now they're playing for, a, albeit a crappy bowl, but a bowl. And it's just... I
0: think they could, I mean, they have to know, right? Like, you get USC after this. Like, USC stinks. <laughs> like oh, there's could, one.
1: they get one more game?
0: Yeah. They rescheduled. You and I have oh, to actually yeah. cover two games next. Two games <laughs> next week. We have to cover the Pac-12 title and Cal USC. Oh man,
1: one of these games is not like the other. One of these games is not quite the same. Poor
0: poor USC has to play two more. Oh man.
1: Um, okay. All right. Yeah. I I will I will lay the points. I think. I'm sorry. I will take the points. Um, I agree with you. I think Cal is a good enough team, and they're still playing hard. And I just don't trust UCLA to continue and to be consistent. And sure. I mean, like, and I I like that. I like that the numbers are closer to Cal and your numbers too, um, which are more bullish on them than, than I just kind of did just in my, you know, chicken scratch handicapping. So yeah. Give me Cal. Okay. Um, anything else to cover here, Rob?
0: No, no, I think we're good. Right. Like, I think we're, Did we cover all of these? We had two non-conference games, so we had to cover a lot of games.
1: Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We have, like Rob mentioned, two more to cover that are... Just Pac-12 only, and then we will move over into the bowl games. We'll make sure to cover every uh, every Pac-12 game, and then we'll probably throw in some games that are just fun and interesting because uh, I love I love the, the bowl season. So we'll do a bowl pool this year. We might actually um, have have everybody kick in a little bit of cash to to make make it worth your while. So stay tuned for that. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Oh, My in.
0: God, like the Pac-12 bowl pool, just like getting to wow. Oh, no, please just regular, us, just regular bowls. Please bowl. just, oh, all the bowls? All, all right, the bowls. I'm just like, <laughs> this is like, who are we sending to the bowls? Like, how many interim coaches are we going to have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is uh, all, all like, the bowls.
0: Because, <laughs> like, if Arizona State ends up with, like, some, like, one of those later crappy bowls or something like that, like, there's no way they wait to fire Herm.
1: <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's separate. It's, uh, but, like, I want our listeners... On the couch on like December third, like sweating out New Mexico versus like Temple or something, you know. Like I know the as as, are... as God intended, right? Like... <laughs> so good, uh, yeah. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch everybody next week.